Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and thanks for joining me again on the broadcast or the podcast. Thanks also for the comments, the encouragement, the questions regarding the broadcast or podcast. I, I pray that as we have been working through and continue to do so with these My Utmost for His Highest devotions by Oswald Chambers, that you are being challenged to go deeper than you ever have before as a disciple of Jesus Christ and are helping others to go deeper as well. You can find we're into our, what, third, fourth week here in, in, in the new year in January, and you can find all the previous ones plus the last years. Um, if you go to loveandlordship.com, loveandlordship.com, you can go to the Vimeo, just a V icon near, near the bottom of the homepage, or the Podbean, uh, those icons, and you'll find the videos and podcasts. Or you can click on Read, Watch, uh, Listen, and you'll find these and, and many others that I've done over the past. And I, I hope and pray that you will take them to heart and respond to them and let me know, uh, even in disagreement. I'd love to chat with you about that. And you can do that at loveandlordship at gmail.com. Love and, A-N-D, love and lordship. Don't put the ampersand in right here. See right there? Don't put that in. Put A-N-D, loveandlordship at gmail.com. This week, because of the format for the devos that I've selected and the depth of insight, I'm going to share more of Oswald Chambers' writings each day and add a little less of my commentary. We'll probably do that throughout this year because there's so much good stuff. Um, but I hope that you are blessed, as always, uh, and, and as I always am, in reading through these each year. I shared at the beginning, I'm on my 33rd or 34th year with this book, and I'm still learning. Today's messages, as I mentioned, one message here on the broadcast, but two different devotions there, also carries the title for the next day in the devotional. We're going to take both of those days that have the same title, part one and part two, basically. And I love what he does with it and getting us to see both sides of our walk with God in Christ. Both these messages, in the, if you're following along, in the devotional or online at myutmost.org, myutmost.org. And the titles are this, Have You Ever Been Alone With God? The dates for that are on January 12th and 13th. And as I said before, I really love how Oswald Chambers draws lessons from scriptures in ways that should, I hope they do, or they should cause us to stop and think, and especially in the deeply moving picture we find in today's scripture from Mark 4.34. When they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. We know that Jesus spent time doing this, and it ought to move us not only what he did with them, but what he desires to do with us. Chambers says this, our solitude with him, that's how he entitles this first one, Jesus does not take us alone and expound things to us all the time. He expounds things to us as we can understand them. That, that requires maturity, right, in a process. Our lives are parables. I mean, I'm sorry, let me say it again. Other lives are parables. God is making us spell out our own souls. It is slow work, slow, so slow that it takes God all time and eternity to make a man and woman after his own purpose. The only way we can be of use to God is to let him take us through the crooks and crannies of our own characters. It's astounding how ignorant we are about ourselves. And I'm, this is me now, 
I interject that personally, I say amen. And the more I've grown, the more I realize how ignorant I was, and there are still areas of blindness and ignorance in my own life. We do not know envy when we see it, or laziness or pride. You know why? Because we've chosen to excuse it oftentimes in our own life, or masquerade it as something else, and therefore not deal with it. Jesus reveals to us all that his body has been harboring before his his grace began to work. Jesus reveals to us all that this body, okay, right here, has been harboring before his grace began to work. How many of us have learned to look in with courage? We have to get rid of the idea that we understand ourselves. It is the last conceit or pride to go. The only one who understands us is God. The greatest curse in spiritual life is conceit, and again, pride. If we have ever had a glimpse of what we are like in the sight of God, we shall never say, oh, I am so unworthy, because we shall know we are beyond the possibility of stating it. As long as we are not quite sure that we are unworthy, God will keep narrowing us until he gets us alone. Wherever there is any element of pride or of conceit, Jesus cannot expound a thing. Why? Because self-righteousness is in the way. That's Pharisees. That's the Phariseeism. That's legalism. He will take us through the disappointment of a wounded pride of intellect, through a disappointment of heart. He will reveal inordinate affection, things that I love that I shouldn't love, things over which we never thought he would have to get us alone. We listen to many things in classes in sermons, in small groups. I'm adding a couple things there, but they make the point. But they are not an exposition to us yet. They haven't exposed anything in and to us. They will be when God gets us, gets us alone over them. Now, now, that's the end of the first one. Watch what Chambers does here in the follow-up on the next day in his messages, in his devotionals, as we continue here with the same theme, have you ever been alone with God, but flipping it to show us the extreme importance of both our setting aside time to be with God alone and then how we respond to his desire to be alone with us. Mark 4.10, he goes back in the chapter. Remember, it was back Mark 4.34. When they were alone, he expounded all these things to the disciples. But earlier in that chapter, chapter 4, verse 10 of Mark, when he was all alone, the 12 asked of him. So we go back to when they asked. And this time he entitles it, His Solitude with Us. Subtitles it, I should say. His Solitude with Us. When God gets us alone by affliction, heartbreak, or temptation, by disappointment, sickness, or by thwarted affection, a broken friendship, or a new friendship, when he gets us absolutely alone and we are dumbfounded and cannot ask one question, then he begins to expound. Watch Jesus Christ's teaching of the twelve. His training them, his discipling them. It was the disciples, not the crowd outside who were perplexed. They constantly asked him questions and he constantly expounded things to them. But they only stood after they had, they only understood, I should say, after they had received the Holy Spirit. Go look at John 14, 26, when he's promising them that the Holy Spirit would come and then they would know more. 
If you're going on with God, the only thing that is clear to you and the only thing that God intends to be clear is the way he deals with your own soul. Your brother's sorrows and perplexities are an absolute confusion to you. We imagine we understand where the other person is until God gives us a dose of the plague in our own hearts. There are whole tracks of stubbornness and ignorance to be revealed by the Holy Spirit in each one of us, and it can only be done when Jesus gets us alone. Are we alone with him now, or are we taken up with fussy little notions, fussy comradeships in God's service, fussy ideas about our bodies? Jesus can expound nothing, as we learned in the previous one that we just talked about, until we get through all the noisy questions and confusions in our head and in the culture around us and are alone with him. Chambers closes these two days' devotions focused on that absolute need for and importance of us to be spending time daily with just the Lord and allowing him to pour into us through his word, prayer, and the Spirit. I think that both of these closing comments are extremely important, very revealing as to our modern-day church culture, and we would do well to heed its advice. So I'm including them as our food for thought as we begin to wrap this up. Chambers says, The emphasis today is placed on the furtherance of an organization. That's churchianity. In our book, we say, When the body is above the head, we're in idolatry. And that describes most of the American churches. The note is, he says, we must keep this thing going, this organization, this success. If we are in God's order, the thing will go. If we are not in his order, it won't. That last statement is so powerful and so reliant on faith, and yet so overlooked in our churches and application of that faith in these days. In our book, uh, the Authority of Love, second edition, we talk of this as today's church is opting for a corporate success model rather than a kingdom fruit model. Success is often us reaching the goals we've set and moving the organization forward based on that. Kingdom fruit is abiding in Christ, rooted in this solitude with him to start with, and allowing ourselves to be pruned so that we can bear his fruit. The focus of the latter, kingdom fruit, is completely on him and his will, not our goals and success in reaching them, not on the organization per se. At the closing of the second devotional that we just looked at there in today's message, it's just, it is just as if not more powerful as it drives us back to the real foundations and source for what really matters. Chambers says, restate to yourself what you believe, then do away with as much of it as possible and get back to the bedrock of the cross of Christ. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as someone superior in speaking ability or wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For, <coughs> excuse me, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I also was with you in weakness and fear and in great trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. 
Spend some quality time in solitude with God every day, and I promise you that your life and the influence He has through you on others will drastically change because it will be totally grounded in Christ, His Word, and the Holy Spirit, in Christ and Him crucified. Here's our love in action today. Spend time with God and His Word, prayer, and listening every day. Begin with the Scriptures in this message. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Number three, if you haven't done so before, begin to think about what it means to spend time alone with God. Jot down what he's bringing to your mind. And the fourth one, think through the times that God has compelled or drawn you simply to be alone with him. What happened to cause you to do this? And what did he teach you? Now, tomorrow we're going to focus on God's calling in our lives. I think you'll be surprised and possibly even shocked at what you learn from this devotional that will encourage and challenge you to see yourself and others according to His calling. Join us and as always, invite family, friends, loved ones, and even enemies to hear this message of the gospel being saved by grace through faith, sanctified by grace through faith in the Word and the Spirit so that we can be His disciples and help make disciples of others. Check out loveandlordship.com for the book. There's an icon there in the middle for the podcast, the videos, and articles. Let me know what you think at loveandlordship at gmail.com, loveandlordship at gmail.com. And if you choose to give, there's a give tab. Thank you. And if not us, keep praying until he shows you who to partner with and then be faithful there. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day and God bless in Christ. Stay tuned for my good friend Bill Reese and Encounter coming right up. And at 1245, another great friend Greg Horn and Hope is here. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.